Steve, we uh, promised listeners a bonus episode this week to make up for Penn State losing last weekend. So, Jesus, I'm glad they don't lose all the time. That's great. I know. I know. No, hey, we have a great guest this week. Um, proud Penn State alum, Amanda Gifford, who is probably one of the most important people behind the scenes in college football, at least at ESPN. Um, she is responsible for really the every aspect of production uh, when it comes to when you view a college football game there. Uh, primarily which announcing crews are going where and, and kind of which broadcasts are going to be the, the A broadcast versus, you know, the, the C, I guess, apparently all the way down to like Y and Z. <laughs> Who knew? Um, so I guess she did. I guess she did because she, she, she definitely did. Um, so yeah, go ahead and take a listen to that. Um, and we'll be back after, after that interview. Steve, we are joined today by, I would say, maybe one of the most important behind-the-scenes people in all of college football, um, but she's also a Penn State alum, so always excited to chat with a Penn State alum who is in a power position. Amanda Gifford of ESPN, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good, good. Um, let's let's start there. Um, for those of you that, for those listening that may not know you, you know, why are you here? Why are you chatting with us? What is your job at ESPN? And why did I call you one of the most important people behind the scenes in college football? Well, that's a good question. I don't know why you'd uh, ask me to come on. <laughs> no, uh, actually, I do appreciate it. Um, recently, earlier this, I guess it was end of summer, um, I moved into a new role at ESPN where I'm in charge of all of our game production for college football and for the XFL. Um, so what does that mean? It means we are, me and, and my team of leadership team are responsible for all announcer assignments, um, you know, which announcers are doing which games. We're responsible for feedback to crews. Hey, this is what we liked in your game. This is what we, we thought could have been done a little differently in your game. We're responsible for planning ahead, uh, for scheduling and production staff. Um, but the, the majority of our time is spent on watching games, offering feedback, uh, being proactive with any sort of issues or things that we need to talk about, um, you know, in particular games. And then big picture wise from a from an overall game perspective is how are we pushing the envelope with access and how are we pushing the envelope with uh, different sort of cameras that we're going to try and what does that mean how can we bring the viewer even more inside the feel of just the pageantry and how awesome you know college football is each and every week so um, I've been in the role for geez about four months now um, and it's been absolutely fabulous I've loved every single second of it and I am going to miss it very much so when the season is over, which uh, is only a matter of time, unfortunately. You know, we were just thinking about that earlier, two, really two weekends left, and then you've got bowl season. Um, let's let's start there with the announcers, because I think that's, you know, a pretty integral part of, of the college football experience, you know, especially with the uh, Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet, you, you feel like you know them as a fan listening and watching games. Why, why do you, how do you select who's going where type thing. And why do you think that can tend to develop that relationship with a, a crew? You're, you're, you're really all the way, you know, your top three crews, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, we have A through V or uh, Y crews. So there's there's quite a few crews uh, beyond just the uh, the top few that most people are aware of, um, given that we do games on ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, uh, ESPN Plus, uh, SEC Network, ACC Network, you know, SEC and ACC Network each have at least two, sometimes three games per day. So you add that on to, you know, three games with each time slot and we so in in some days some days there's not as many but there could be quite a few days of quite a few games over the course of course of a week starting sometimes on tuesday with maction uh now that we're into that season um but back to your original question of announcers so and what goes into it it's funny from the outside you would have no idea how many logistics and details go into which crews are doing which games. Um, it's not as easy as, okay, this is the best game, so they're doing that, and the second best game is going to that crew. Um, clearly, with Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet, uh, their games are somewhat, um, not dictated, but influenced by where college game day is going to be on a particular Saturday. So, for example, this past Saturday recently, they were doing game day um, at, L, uh, at the L, Ole Miss uh, Georgia game, um site and then kirk we had that game on espn uh so kirk stayed and, and was there all day and called that game um sometimes uh he's got to take the cross-country track like he's going to do uh with um this coming weekend when he does um oregon state and washington and corvallis so game day is going to james madison he's going out to corvallis as soon as as soon as the ga game day is over obviously that's a happy hike um, but a lot of other factors come into the other announcer assignments. We have, um, I think it's seven truck games. So that means traditionally produced, the truck is on site, the producer, the director, all the, the support staff are on site. But then our, the rest of our games are produced from Bristol, Charlotte, or Orlando production facilities. Um, so our producer and director is actually in a control room in one of our facilities in Bristol, Orlando, or Charlotte. Uh, and then they can only handle so many games at one time. So if we have a crew who is doing a, a noon that wants to do a noon Remy, as we call them, uh, they can't do four of those same games at noon because we don't have the facilities in our Bristol uh, you know, facility or Charlotte or Orlando. So time of game is important for crew assignments based on uh, facilities. And then also we have some games that are produced out of school control rooms. So Big 12, SEC, ACC, they all have control rooms where we still send our producer, director, and sometimes a few more of the core positions. But then the rest of the positions are produced by students or local hires within those school control rooms. Now, not every control room in the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 is ready for, you know, a college football uh, production. Um, so depending on what time the game is and where the game is, that also factors into what announcers are going where. And then finally, we also have packagers who produce our games. So we supply the talent and they do everything else. So long way of saying we have various production models for our games. Um, and depending on logistics, uh, announcers are assigned different games, um, depending on that. The other thing I would throw in there too, is we have 
quite a few announcers that uh, this isn't their only job. Uh, for example, Dave Pash is also the Arizona Cardinals play-by-play -play person. Bob Wachusen does play-by-play -play for the Jets. We've got Mark Jones, who does play-by-play -play for the Sacramento Kings. We've got Beth Moens, who does NBA and college basketball. So a lot of our announcers uh, also have second jobs on Sundays. Or, and so that goes into our our thinking as well. Um, we can't send Bob Wachusen to a game at BYU when he's got to be in Buffalo for a one o'clock game the next the next day. Uh, so long way of saying it's a big jigsaw puzzle um, between what makes most sense for the content, what the facilities dictate, and then what are the other factors that we have to think about when um, we're, we're assigning which announcers are going where. How does the, you know, with, with the NFL, the schedule is set relatively you pretty much know that every game is going to be at one or eight, you know, you know, when the, your team is playing type thing, college football, you've got, you know, 12 day windows, six day windows. How does that kind of come into play? Um, and do for a, a Bob with who, you know, he's got to be in Buffalo. I'm sure you, you know, accommodate that request, but how far are you planning out for football season? Once you get into the later half of the season, when the 12 and six days come around. Yeah. As you mentioned, the later half of the season is really comes into play the first half of the season was like the first four weeks we felt like we could plan that out pretty far in advance just knowing that uh what our games were but now that we're into six and 12 day picks it just means a lot more time sunday mornings uh, huddling um we go into every weekend with this is what we think is going to happen based on most most likely scenarios with with teams winning and losing um and then what we'll do through the day depending on the time of the games that we're waiting on to finish well, okay, we know we're getting that game. Uh, all right, yes, let's keep that crew on there. Um, and then we'll we'll huddle again Sunday morning. So we typically spend, uh, we have two different scheduling meetings each week. Um, that's with our production management team who handles all the filling out of the forms and all that sort of stuff that get out um, with our leadership team and then with programming as well. And so we'll start to look ahead, you know, uh, for example, this week, we'll start to look ahead to next Saturday um and you know this time of year because thanksgiving is coming up because championship weekend's coming up things are 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 getting set pretty um uh in bowl season two we're pretty far down the road of having everything set but uh certainly we are, we do wait until um saturday evening sunday morning depending on um you know what networks we're, we're waiting on to make their selections and what order we have our selections from a game side, um, you know. So again, we go into every week weekend having a good idea of what we are thinking, and then just when we think like, okay, yeah, we should have this all figured out, some curveball comes in, and that's what makes it gets fun and exciting. Like, oh, well, you know, we should think about this or think about that. Um, you know, it just it just means a little more time on Sunday mornings to sort through things. You mentioned watching games and then providing feedback. I'm curious, do you have a sense of how differently you may watch games from a fan? And then the second part of that, in terms of feedback and credibility, like, you know, you're, you're new to the job. When you go to someone and say, hey, you know, we were thinking about this. Like, how do people respond to you or respond to anyone who's offering suggestions about something they've been doing during their career? Yeah, um, I was very cognizant when I took over this job of being uh, honest with people in that I've never produced a television game in my life. 
Um, I've done some radio, uh, but obviously the television uh, world is about 15,000 times more uh, involved. And there's a lot more things going on. Uh, the first time I ever stepped into a TV truck, and it, I stepped in a TV truck prior to this this role, but I don't know how anybody gets anything done. I don't understand what people are doing. I don't understand what they're looking at. Um, I feel like now, you know, 13, 14 weeks into the season, I certainly have a much better understanding. Um, but my point to the production staff and all the producers and the people who work out of the producers and the directors was, I'm coming at it from a fan perspective, um, someone who has watched a lot of college football, and I'm coming at it from, you know what, I didn't see this replay, why? Um, I go into feedback uh, asking a lot of questions, like, take me through what you were thinking with this. Um, why did you do this and not this? Uh, did you ever think about trying to work in a reporter here? And honestly, we've done so much feedback with crews. Like we'll set up um, game game tape, basically. Mm -hmm. We'll sit down with a crew and watch a quarter of a game and we'll go through it. And to be honest, uh, with the leadership team, um, that has been a big uh, help for me as I kind of sit through and listen to the, the feedback that they are giving um, to our producers and our directors and our announced teams. Um, so you know, the perspective of I go at it from a, a viewer and hoping that because I'm not in the weeds, like that offers a different perspective um, than people who have come up in, in this sort of space. But I in no means have approached it, uh, nor am I suggesting that you did, but approached it like, okay, I'm coming in and this is what we're doing. And um, my role right now, at least for this year, as I get more comfortable is just how can I support you and how can I make sure that you have all the tools that you need to put on the best possible product as possible? Um, so uh, it is, I've learned a ton about game production. I certainly watch games now, uh, both on ESPN and other networks uh, much differently than I had in the past, um, but it's been a fun challenge to learn, learn something new. How much of the, the feedback, um, and what you're providing and, and kind of what you're taking is internal versus external. So, you know, social media or whatever it may be. Uh, oh, wow. We really liked that interview with this coach, or we didn't like that interview with this coach. Why did you show us this replay that, that type of thing really from the fan perspective, I, I think. Yeah, honestly, I haven't paid much attention to social media. Um, it, you know, I, I think some, some big plays might stick out once in a while, but honestly, I'd, I, I, spend so much of my Saturday flipping between, um, you know, games that um, I might have Twitter up and scroll through it, but honestly, nothing's really caught my eye uh, that I can recall too much this year. So may, our, uh, you know, the way we do feedback is, is we ask the producers uh, and directors to provide feedback on their games. And that helps us. They'll, they'll say, hey, this is a really good part. The third quarter, really nice replay sequence. We'll go back, we'll look at it, um, maybe share it with the whole group and say, hey, here was a great example. Um, so long story short, our feedback is is internal, you know, from um, our team, our leadership team. Sometimes we'll hear from uh, my direct boss, Norby Williamson, who's an executive vice president, uh, at ESPN, we'll have some thoughts, and um, that's that's kind of how we do our feedback. Are you watching um, one game at a time? You said flipping back and forth, or do you have what's your setup on a Saturday? 
Well, if I'm traveling, uh, which I've traveled about half the weekends to see mm -hmm. different production crews in person and sit in the truck and just get a feel for how different producers run their shows. Um, it's hard to watch other games unless I'm at a nighttime game. Um, then I can watch in the morning before I go. Or if I'm at a noon game, which has been the case a lot of the time when I'm traveling back, as long as I'm on an airplane that has live TV, thanks American and Delta, um, and Southwest too, I guess, and JetBlue, um, I will be able to watch a lot of games there too, which is actually great because, I mean, you're sitting there, what else are you going to do besides watch college football? So uh, if I'm home, um, I will typically have on, a, we have two TVs in our living room, and then sometimes I'll have a game on my, um, you know, iPad too. Mm -hmm. It's hard, like, I like to hear the games and not just watch them. I don't think you can provide good feedback on this. You're also listening to what the announcers are saying. Um, but, you know, I can go back and, and spot check, hey, that second quarter, I'm just going to watch, you know, 15 minutes while I'm eating my lunch and and see if I see anything on a Tuesday, you know. Um, and our leadership team, there's four of us, including me, we kind of divvy up the games and try to make a point each weekend to um, watch games that maybe we didn't, the crews that we didn't see the previous weekend, just to make sure everybody hears something from us every other week or every third week or so. Um, so, you know, long story short, it's just toggling back and forth between different games. Um and then, of course, like sometimes doing that on the softball field when I watch my daughter or on the football field or <laughs> baseball field when I watch my son. Uh, thank God for technology. Um, but we make it work. Very cool. You've you've worked, I believe, with ESPN Radio. You, you worked with, you know, called Coward back in the day. Uh, what's the best part about this job presently that you're in? Um, it's exclusively college football. And if I had to pick one sport to work in, I've, I've always said I would love to work in just college football. Uh, I find myself listening to different channels on Sirius XM that are only college related now. Um, I, my kids were asking me about the world series and I'm like, oh, I think the Rangers are up two to one. <laughs> um, so it's funny how I, I've really just immersed myself in the, in the collegiate space. And it's always, you know, college sports have always been my biggest passion. So the idea that I'm able to just really focus in on college football and the college football game aspect of it is, I mean, I can't tell you, it's, it's a dream job. It really is. Um, not that I don't like the other sports. I mean, I certainly watch my fair share of the NFL and I, I love the storylines drama of the NFL as well. I love all football, um, but college football, I mean, going to a place like Penn State, like how can you not, you know, love college football? Um, they hook you there. Uh, so it, it's something that I've always, um, I've always loved. And when I was approached about taking on this role, it was like, where do I, where do I sign up? It's, it's weird for me, right? Because I come from a radio background. I was on the sports center executive leadership team in my previous role, but with this and there, we had to think about all sports, you know, 365, uh, 24, seven, it's going to be odd for me, um, who's coming, who came, comes from that background when it's January 11th and college football is over, uh, you know, at least, at least the, the on the field part is over for the year. 
and then okay how are we feeling our time you know from now until until uh week zero and the end of august uh, next year so i'm sure there's plenty to do and there'll be plenty to to figure out but um i'll be sad like i said earlier when it's over i guess the the last thing i'll leave you with then is 10 years from now what does what is different about a college football broadcast yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think uh, you're going to continue to see more and more access, um, different camera angles um, that can get you closer to the field, uh, closer to the action, um, maybe get inside the head of of coordinators or head coaches or, uh, you know, just just more, here's what it's like, even if you aren't here, feel um, you know, in, in 10 years, it'll be interesting to see, well, what the conference alignment looks like then, um, how the college football playoff, uh, will look like then. And also, you know, what the NAL, what the transfer portal and, and the integration of gambling, um, within, um, you know, the games will, will be, who knows, or won't be. I know right now we have zero, uh, integration of, of gambling and that's, and that's totally fine. I'm not, I'm not saying you need to, um, but given that's a space that continues to just grow and grow and grow, it will be interesting to see if there are any um, changes made in that regard. But I think I'm hoping in 10 years, like I can't imagine how much slicker the broadcast will be. Hopefully personalization, maybe you can pick on which camera angle you want to watch. Uh, I'd like to watch right over the quarterback the whole game, or I'd like to watch from the high end zone or wh whatever it is. Um, so it really is a, a great user experience. All right, cool. Um, I've got two Penn state related questions before that we try to ask every Penn state guest that comes on. So they're, they're quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're, you're back in state college for one night and one night only, which bar are you going to? I would say the Rathskeller, uh, but okay. I've heard that it's no longer there anymore. It, it is, uh, but it isn't. So, okay. yeah. All right. So I guess I can keep that. And Mad yeah. Max, I'm assuming that is RIP. That oh, that's definitely R gone. That's gone. All okay. right. So this shows you. Yeah, this shows you how long it's been since I've done the bar scene in State College. Kids will do that to you. Yeah, typically when I'm there, it's very short and it's in and out. Um, I, I need to get to, to get back there, but I. From I'll throw it back to Mad Max or uh, or uh, the Rascaler. All right, all right, and last one, the go-to creamery flavor. You know, it's interesting because I didn't eat a lot of of creamery ice cream when I was there, so um, I'm not even sure they have the chocolate peanut butter cup that is the world's best ice cream flavor there. So if they do, I would go with that. And if they don't, I'd probably skip. I know that sounds terrible. No, that's okay. That's okay. Steve, Steve's more of a chocolate milk guy. So we, okay. we appreciate that. All right, Amanda. Well, anything else you would like to add? Anything else you'd like to say? You know, ESPN wise, I think ESPN has enough PR coverage that I think most people know where to find Wait, so you gave her a chance and now you're shutting her down. Well, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think hopefully people who are listening to this podcast have a good idea of how to uh, how to get to ESPN. I appreciate all those people that do because it helps us in the long run. We're having a great season from a ratings perspective from games. Um, to be completely honest, we, they were projecting us to be down 
about 10% year over year um, due to the contract rights that we know more Big Ten. You know, we don't have the SEC. We don't have the full big or the more of the Big 12. Um, so they were projecting uh, some some slip of ratings this year. But so far, knock on wood, we are um, not down. We're up a little bit and we hope that we can finish strong because next year with a whole SEC package coming to ESPN um, and more Big 12 games, it'll be it'll be good. It'll be interesting. Although. I will say when I first got this job, a lot of people um, said to me like, oh, that means you get to go to state college more often and see Penn State football games. And I was like, well, not really, uh, because <laughs> ESPN isn't broadcasting any of those games. Unfortunately, I keep every time I see Jimmy Pitaro, the ESPN chairman, president, whatever, you know, his official title is. I was, and he's a Penn State guy because he went to a football camp there, even like he went to Cornell. He always tells me he's a Penn State fan. Um, I was like, come on, Jimmy, you know, those big 10 rights. He's like, you never say never. You never say never. I'm like, okay, I'll put my faith in you. There, there we go. We'll see you at a bowl game. Maybe that'll be yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was looking at that today. I'm like, Oh, peach bowl. That's a projection for Penn state. I better go and see the announced team at that bowl game just to make sure <laughs> that, uh, everything's going. Okay. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Amanda. This was great. Steve, I think the biggest takeaway for me was just how massive of her production ESPN college football is like, I think we kind of, cause we paid you and I pay attention to that a lot, a little bit more, but it, it blew me away. The, the, the numbers, the, the amount of people, the trains, planes, and automobiles involved with, 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 with that. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think I understand it a little bit and then I don't understand it at all. Right. Yeah. Because there, there's, there's the trigonometry that you forget about it. Like I'm doing math over here. Like, okay, these announcers are the best game. They go there. Oh no, wait, Bob Bushusen does this and somebody else does this and you can't have them on this part of the country. So I think that's an interesting challenge that she certainly handles definitely. And, and, and Amanda's great at that kind of logistic stuff and people stuff. And I think the other thing is it was, it was refreshing to hear when she's going into the job and say, tell them, tell them, Hey, I'm watching this as a fan. Like this is what I'm trying to figure out the experience. I got to tell you, if there's somebody that's going to be fighting for a fan experience and, and and at least thinking about the fan, I'm glad ESPN is doing it. And I'm glad Amanda's the one who's doing it for them. I think that's also interesting. You brought that up because I think we, when you pay attention to sports media, we oftentimes just only think about the ratings number. And, and I think the thing, even with our podcast that we try to do is, is, walk you through different aspects of the fan experience when you're watching a game on TV or when you're at a game, you know, in person. And I think when you hear that companies that are in charge of doing that, especially the the worldwide leader, you know, it, it's, it's reassuring as a college football fan that people are looking out for the integrity of college football, particularly because it, it's, it's a very important part of Americana. And, and like I said to her, you know, Chris and, and Kirk are a major part of your Saturdays in the fall. You know, really any of the, their crews are a major part of their Saturdays in the fall. So um, definitely interesting to hear about that. Um, so, yeah, thanks to Amanda. Anything else you want to add on that, Steve? But thanks. No, to really, just really us. appreciate her making time. I'm glad she, yeah. she shared a little bit about it. And I hope people enjoyed hearing from her. So, okay. Well, that's it for this week's bonus episode. Um, surprise bonus episode. Um I'm not going to do the regular outro. You can just listen to all that on the, the rest, but uh, we'll, we'll hold on. Let me, let me uh, I've got a Twitter handle. It's at stuff. Summer says Steve's got one. It's at Steve Sampson. We're out of here. We're done. Goodbye.